playing show ever. Special guest for you, as promised, the former Falcon and former Charger. You loving me? You know him? It's Michael the Burger Turner on the Boss Man Show. Mike, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, Boss Man? I'm doing good, Mike. Good to have the show, man. I, I told you at the stadium, man, me and John will be fans of yours. I mean, fans of yours for years, man. So it's an honor to have you on the show with us, man, because we've been loving you for life, man. And John, Mike, used to have you in fancy football league, man. And you had you, you going his league, man. He want to tell you about that real quick. <laughs> you, sure, you sure did, Mike. Dude, 2008. I know you remember 2008, right? Yeah, I love 2008. 2008, that's my man. 17 rushing yeah. TDs, 17 rushing TDs, man. I, yeah. my dudes in my fantasy league, Mike, they were they were pissed, bro. They were pissed yeah. every, every week. I uh, just slap Michael Turner down on the table, like boom. Yeah, I'll guarantee to get you something. If I wasn't getting the yards, I was getting the touchdown. I was gonna get you some points. Yep, yep, sure were, man. You were, <laughs> that was that was a great season all the way around uh, for you, and then uh, you know. Coming back in 2010 strong, too, those were uh, two great years that you had uh, on the field, not only from a fantasy perspective, but obviously just in general. And, uh, you know, yeah, for sure, man, we, we definitely uh, have been following your career uh, through uh, throughout. So uh, glad to have you on the program. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad glad you're invited. No, by the machines, man. This time of year, man, football's back in back in session, back in season. You get that itch to play still. Is that what Kai said, man? You get back on the field. I can still ball a little bit. I ain't that old. I can get on the field still do, do my thing a little bit. Man, did that cross your mind this time of year? Yeah, you know, I'm always curious about, man, can I can I run? Can I still outrun some of these guys? You know, I, I you know, I never touch the waters, you know, but I'm I'm letting these young guys have it now, you know. I'm I'm old in football years, you know. Well, yeah, in football years, I'm real old, so <laughs> I'm, I'm geriatric in football years. But speaking of retirement, you know, filling that void after uh, players retire from the game is something that um, I would imagine you have to think about as your season kind of pro- – not your season, but your career kind of progresses. Is there something that, that you had in mind while you played that you look forward to when you did retire? And, and how do you kind of fill that void of competitive juice that flows through you, uh, you know, after you've stopped playing the game? You know what? I was so – you know, while I was playing, I was so focused on what we had going on with Atlanta. I wasn't worried about life after football that much. You know, you, you know it's in the back of your mind, but it's, but it's like I got I to gotta take advantage of this opportunity that I have right now to, uh, you know, go out there and compete at the highest level that there is. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, but always taking care of family and, you know, and, uh, you know, doing something after, you know, invest your money. Um, as long as I did that, I had, I had enough time to think, stop and think about what I want to do after. Now, Mike, say that same point. With your basketball knowledge about football, you're just knowledge of the game. You thought about getting to coach with me or professionally or in high school to kind of shut up the knowledge of getting football and how successful you were as running back and on offensive football the way, the way you know offensive football. Yeah, you know, I, I, I talk about it all the time, coaching. You know, coaching, you know, I got a lot of respect for coaches. You know, you got to deal with so many personalities. And uh, on, you know, the three levels, high school, college, and pro, you know, I, I, like, I love college football. You know, I would love to do that. But then I got to think, like, how can I recruit these guys? You know, I never had to recruit before. So, like, how can I do that? And then uh, pro level, I can I can deal with the pros much easier. But it's just such a cutthroat league. You know, I, if I can I, – I love to get my foot in the door in coaching uh, professionally if, if, if that's available. But high school is no way, no chance. <laughs> I don't know if I have patience for these teenagers. <laughs> I feel you. Now I'm 30. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I've got teenagers in the house. I'll tell you right now, they will touch your patience. 
<laughs> yeah, no. But it, it's all fun, you know. You know, I, I like I like seeing the little kids play. I was at a high school football game uh, uh, last weekend, and uh, seeing my little nephew play. One of my nephews play, and uh, it was fun. I, I, that was getting my little competitive juice going. You know, it was like taking me back to the days of high school when he was like clearly the best player on the field, and he was out there dominating. <laughs> You get out there, white folks. We got Michael Turner here on the Boss Man Show, former Charger and Falcon, number 33 in your hearts, doing big things for you, for your final Falcons and your Chargers out there, folks. Now, Mike, mm-hmm. we're about to open up the Mercedes-Benz Stadium officially on Sunday. Now, let's mm-hmm. go back to the Dome for a minute. What is your most memorable moment of the Georgia Dome? You know, I played there, you know, when I was at Tennessee State. You know, you played there at the Falcons. So, mm-hmm. where's the most memorable moment of the Dome? What's your memories for the take forever from that dump? For they blow it up, wherever they blow it up, what's your memory? Your life, that's your life. That's your life about the Georgia Dome. It'll, it'll definitely be my my first game there, coming off uh, signing a free agent contract and coming to Atlanta. You know, I have to prove myself because you know I was you know I was a backup in San Diego, so it's not like guys had a lot of uh, you know faith in me around the league like that. Uh, I just had so much, so little film on me of, of being a good football player. I just wanted to show the world and. Uh, with the Falcons seen in me, and, and they, they made the right decision by signing me. And I uh, ended up going out there and uh, breaking the single-game rushing record for the Falcons. And, uh, and that was a great feeling. And plus, it was all, we, we opened the season at home, and it was it was good to start off 1-0 after you know the, the bad seasons the Falcons was having before I got there. Yeah, and also the, one of the more memorable moments was when you and I won our fantasy league together, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, that fantasy championship that you and I took down. Yeah, right? yeah we, need, we need to retire it in your, in your man cave. Retire right. just in your man cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. The um, the other thing I wanted to spin off on uh, with JR talking about the, the Georgia Dome, other stadiums around the league, I mean, you've, you've been to all these different stadiums. It, was there a place that you looked forward to going to? Was there a place that when you saw it on the schedule, you were just like, you hang your head like, oh, man, we got to go to that. That place is crap. Like, I hate playing there. <laughs> or it's, it's such a long, <laughs> a long distance travel. Like San Diego, you're, you're traveling all maybe right. all the way across the country to play, and that has right. a, a set of challenges. So what are some of the, the stadiums that you liked or disliked playing at? Okay. Uh, the, the, the stadium I liked really, honestly, that I like going to every year was, was New Orleans. And I just because because it was the atmosphere there, you know, it's a rivalry game. You're on the road, everybody's against you, and you know we just had so much respect for each other out there on the field. And I don't know, it was just magical uh, during that time period with you know Mike Smith and Sean Payton going at it. Uh, and the stadiums I hated the most, uh, I hated Tampa because Tampa has a terrible visitors locker room, and all the California stadiums. I'm glad everybody's moving and, and uh, getting new stadiums in California because. You know, uh, it was really outdated, and uh, it was time for a change. Well, and that and that brings us to, to the next point. You know, the Chargers moving from San Diego to, to L.A., you know, go back to your San Diego days a little bit. What, what were some of your memories playing for San Diego? Um, you know, were you upset to see them leave San Diego? Did, did you have kind of a, a you know, a, I don't want to say a partnership, but, you know, you had a little stake in that city because you started your career there. Were you kind of upset to see them move to L.A. at all? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I understand it's a business part, the business aspect of you know getting a new stadium and you know teams moving around. But I would, I'd love to see uh, a brand new stadium in downtown San Diego, right there, right off the water. You know, San Diego's a, a beautiful city. They have great fans, and uh, it's unfortunate they couldn't get a deal done there. Um, 
And now we got two teams in L.A. I don't know if that's overdoing it. I don't know how that's going to play out, you know. But, uh, you know, San Diego is always a special place in my heart. It's a team that drafted me. Uh, I loved every moment of, of being there. You know, but I had to be patient behind LT. But I just took the opportunity to sit back and, and learn from him what it takes to be a professional. And uh, he ended up being a Hall of Fame football player. So if I had to sit behind somebody, uh, I'd rather be somebody that was in the Hall of Fame. You got there, right? It had to be great to have a Hall of Fame and learn from him. It had, it had to help you out a lot, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you know, for sure. Now, I, just, I was just learning the ropes. And uh, we just had a great team there. You know, all the guys, offense, defense, uh, the, the team came. You know, we always hung out together, always had a good time with each other. We, we enjoyed each other's company. And uh, you don't find that in every locker room. And, uh, you know, I, I absolutely loved it there. But speaking of LT, you know, this is kind of a little bit off script here for the interview, but did you ever, like, sit on the sidelines? Because at home, when you watch him or in the stands, when you watch that dude run, like, he's jaw-dropping some of the runs that that dude made and some of the plays that he made. Did you ever sit on the sidelines and go, damn, like, how, <laughs> how did you do that, bro? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, because you know, we have totally different styles. So, you know, uh, you know the, the runs he pulled off, you know, it, it was amazing, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, had confidence in myself that I'd go out there and do the same thing, but just in a different way. It, you know, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. But uh, I can, how see, I can, could see clearly see how special he was. You know, I liked him before I even got to San Diego. I was like, man, that's a good running back. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I can't emulate him, but uh, he's a good guy to watch. You know, he's exciting. Uh, you know, catch the ball at the backfield. You, you know, can run. Got amazing cuts. Uh, it's like what? What can you? What, what bad can you say about the guy? You got there right now, Mike. Back to stadiums for one second. Wasn't like they're playing Oakland on on the baseball field. That had to be like annoying. Play on the second base out there, third base out there. Get your arms scraped up. <laughs> that was another reason why I hated them California stadiums. One of them had the uh, the you know baseball field out there, and uh, I played on there. Uh, uh, I think it might be once or twice, and it was it was terrible, man. It was, it was first of all, it was weird, you know. <laughs> Got this uh, baseball diamond in the middle of the football field, but you know, but it was like, man, please don't get tackled in the in the dirt because you know you getting burns like, like you know, serious serious turf burns out there on that stuff, and it's it's hard to get in the shower after that. Whenever, whenever I used to watch that Jr., like I'd watch that on TV, right? And they have the baseball diamond right in the middle. It's like a pickup game. Like you guys just decide mm-hmm. to play a pickup game out there, like yeah, you know, yeah, that's what exactly, it always looked exactly like. What, that's exactly what it felt like. You know, it's like this is the NFL. Can we have our own field? Can we get 100 yards just for football around here? <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, like crazy, it's, crazy, it's, it's crazy that, you, you, know, you know, teams used to, like, share football football fields and stuff like that. Now, let's take a the scenes for you. What was your game day routine like for you got to go out to pay for this, the Falcons or the Chargers? Well, how was your, like, the game day for you? Was it got to get to stay about two hours early, stretch, do your warm-up? How, talk to how it got you in that mindset to play every Sunday for your, for your two teams there. Uh, I was, you know, I just, you know, make sure, yeah, I, I got to the stadium uh, pretty early. I like to get there early, you know, sit down and, uh, you know, meditate, relax, uh, get my mind right for a game, and, uh, you know, be able to stretch and uh, properly warm up before, before we have to actually have to go out there because, you know, NFL is different than college. You know, college, they give us plenty of time as a team to go warm up as a team, and that's all you need. But in NFL, you got to, like, kind of warm up on your own because, uh, we go through it so fast, it's not really a, a true warm-up. So you have to do some things on your own to really get prepared for the game. So, Mike, you know, the the um, 
athletic nature, uh, I guess the best way to put this is athletes play a bunch of different sports coming up, and you may not settle on the best sport for you until you you're, might be in like the middle of your high school years or even some people like in the beginning of their college years. Were there other sports that you played coming up, and, and would there be another sport that you would have tried or would have liked to have tried professionally? Uh, I ran I ran track in high school. You know, I loved it. I loved the – you know, the competitiveness of just racing somebody, you know. Uh, a lot of people didn't, you know, when I went out there, you know, I was a big kid, and uh, people didn't expect me to have that much speed. But I was, I went out there and, and uh, did well. You know, I was pretty fast. I always knew I was fast, but I just had to go out there and prove it. And I felt like track was the only way for me to prove that I was fast to everybody because people wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I made it I made it downstate and uh state of Illinois in track. You know, I didn't make the finals or anything, but, you know, I was just happy to make it that far you know that's a big accomplishment for me uh you know being the size that i am uh well, well so basketball i never did basketball i knew that wasn't my thing <laughs> but, uh, but, well, come uh, on man you could have no, been no, you no, could have no, rolled like charles no, barkley no. bro charles barkley no. man you done that you i'll know. probably do charles barkley charles barkley uh golf swing yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, go. I wish I would have learned how to play golf in high school. You know, I, w- I wish I would have did that. I would, but we didn't have a golf team or anything like that. But uh, uh, and sometimes I see uh, like uh, lacrosse. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you know, rugby. You no know, stuff like that. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit of soccer too. You never know. I listen, man. I you could have you could have played linebacker for sure. You got the linebacker build. You would have been you would mess some people up playing linebacker. Now, yeah. I don't know if you like sticking your nose in that way, but running backs, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and having watched you play many times, I know you don't care about mixing it up. You will put the hurt on somebody. Um, yeah, I don't care about mixing it up. No, but I, you know, but I, I really like to play corner too. Because like I said, I was fast, and people didn't think I was fast. But I like to play corner. I like to, like like other than running back, like a cornerback is like my favorite position because it's just a natural ch- challenge of shutting somebody down. I just love to. The uh, the mindset a cornerback has to have uh, being out there on the football field. What about tennis? You ever play? You ever play any tennis? Oh no, no I never played tennis. <laughs> See, that might be never good for you because you got the agility, uh, you got the lateral quickness, and then if you charge yeah. the net on somebody, like listen, if you charge yeah. the net on me, I drop my racket. And play it <laughs> so, you know what? You know what? I, you know what I, I really, I, I really, love, I really enjoy playing badminton and uh, and racquetball. You know those. You know, you go to the uh, uh, you know little field house or something. You got those like little. Uh, little activities those little rooms they got over there for Listen, those kind of sports you know i used JR, to participate in that stuff my, my man just threw out barbecue sport on us bro badminton's a barbecue sport like come on <laughs> yes tell the ball as well Foursquare. i do all that stuff yeah official foursquare league they have this yeah they have to have a foursquare league yes they do oh but, man i was trying to buy it last year like, dude, they got a league for everything, bro. Everything. I know. Even the league, league. league for video games, man. It's yep. like a league for everything. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the mad net. So the mad, the mad, the mad place. Because, Mike, you and I both know there are guys who be in their they mad caves all day playing Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. Madden, yeah. 2K. Yeah. Like, do you, like, how about go out and find you a lady or something? <laughs> <laughs> Working on that Xbox controller. Come on, man. Yeah. Get your mind right. Hey, man, that's a great job. You can, you can sit on your butt, play video games, and get paid. That's, that's, hey, that sounds good to me. That sounds yep. a good deal. Yep. <laughs> and order pizza. That's all they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Mike.
mic and speak right there on the show, bro. We're going to do this again with you real soon, man. I'll see you Sunday at the at the stadium, man. Can't wait yeah. to see you again, man. Yeah. We'll chop it up there at the stadium, bro. Yeah, uh, look forward to seeing you too, man. Maybe uh, be on the show later on this season when the Falcons uh, dominating. No doubt, for yeah. sure. We, we got to do that, bro. No doubt. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. Mike Lebron trying to the Boston Man Show. Your former Falcon and Charger legend here with John and myself. After break, we got more Boston Show for you. Stay tuned. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, 
AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Man, sure, let's talk to your former Falcon Michael Turner here on the Boss Man Show. Now we're gonna go to my man from Fan Rag Sports, uh, Bill Williamson on the Boss Man Show. Bill, how's life treating you, my man? <laughs> hey, how are you again? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Now, Bill, we had a very eventful week one here this past week, so I want to get your takeaways from week one overall. And what things really stood out to you about week one that you're gonna keep your eye on going forward here? Oh, well, I mean, there's a, certainly a lot. Um, I, I think the first is really that there weren't that many um, interesting games. Yeah, I think it was four one-score games. And, you know, I, I know week one usually has its own personality and, and it's difficult to uh, kind of figure out after week one, but there just wasn't that many good games. The two best games, in my opinion, was the first one, Kansas City and New England, and then the last one, Denver and, and the Chargers last night. Um, so I'm looking for some more competitive games. Um, again, I think the Chiefs and the Patriots are both fascinating. I'm not so much worried about the Patriots, but I'm really impressed by the Chiefs. Um, this team is known for its defense, and it's going to miss Eric Berry, and that's a real bummer for them to lose him. Um, but if this offense can be as explosive as it was against the Patriots, the Chiefs could be a real Super Bowl contender. Bill, was that the biggest surprise of week one for you was that the Chiefs and that second half that they played against the Patriots? Yeah, I'd have to say so. I mean, you can you can point to Jacksonville beating up on Houston, but when they're defending Super Bowl champion and, and uh, you know, that defending Super Bowl champion, the team that everybody, including myself, thought was the most improved team this year, they got really punched in the mouth in that fourth quarter at home. That was supposed to be, a you know, a celebration night. So I would certainly think, what we saw Thursday night in the fourth quarter, how the Chiefs just overpowered the Patriots. Yeah, that was quite the surprise. And Bill, what surprised me? Alex Smith throwing the ball past 15 yards. It's the pressure of Patrick <laughs> Mahomes behind him making me him say, man, let me air the ball out because if I don't, this guy behind me will do it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the Chiefs is that you have Mahomes. I mean, the future is really looking good for this team, but the present's looking pretty good, too. And, and Smith isn't going to, you know, let go of that starting job anytime soon, at least in, in his mind. And he has a lot of weapons, in, you know, in, in Hill and in, in Kelsey and, and now Hunt, the rookie who had a tremendous game. So, uh, again, the Chiefs are really an interesting and exciting team. Now, looking at the look at the records here, Bill, is it's like they went, came to Tennessee. Tennessee was the media, media dogs of the whole offseason. They're going to go 12 and 4, 11 and 5. They came in the Nashville and hit them in the mouth with Marshawn Lynch and those guys. So, 
you see the Raiders contending with the Patriots and the Steelers in the AFC to be a possibly make the Super Bowl in Minnesota this year? Well, I mean, they have to get past the Chiefs. I think the Raiders, I think the AFC West is the best division in football with keeping an eye on the NFC South and the NFC East. Um, but the Broncos looked good last night. Uh, we talked about the Chiefs and the Raiders. Are very good. I, mean, I do a lot of Raider work. I do uh, Locked On Raiders daily podcast. I keep my eye on the Raiders on a daily. And I was impressed. I, I, I actually thought they were going to go lose that game. Um, and they controlled it, and they looked good. And the defense wasn't great, but it certainly made some strides and made some big plays when it needed to. And, yeah, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders, Steelers, Chiefs are, are all threats to the Patriots. I still, I still think the Patriots are still the favorite, but yeah, those teams are all have a shot. And again, the Chiefs and Raiders are two teams that went twelve and four last year, and the Chiefs won the division because they swept them. Chiefs Raider games uh, will be really, really exciting football this year. Well, one other aspect of the Raiders bill was the the usage of Marshawn Lynch, and that you know certainly was an aspect of the game that helped them this past uh, week. Is that how you envision the Saints using Adrian Peterson? And, you know, should some running back needy teams be calling the Saints to, to see if he's available for trade? Or, or do you think that the Peterson's going to get kind of get his as the season progresses a little bit? Well, you know, it's funny. I did stories on both of those subjects today for FanRag. Um, you know, Marshawn, his big role in Oakland is going to be the closer. I mean, and that last drive where they took a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, you know, with two minutes to go. He ran the ball six out of eight plays in that drive. That's what they brought him in there for. Um, you know, I, I think, I, you know, you never want to say a team's going to get rid of a guy, especially a Hall of Famer after one game. But because he was buried and then because him and the coach had something going on, they both denied it, but they weren't talking about dinner reservations. And then – the fact that Charles Woodson's out there, you know, on ESPN saying, Hey, maybe the Giants should give him a call. And then today he tweeted, well, how about the Packers? You know, maybe, it, maybe if the saints feel great about Ingram and Kamara, maybe they get rid of Peterson, whether it's by a cut or a trade. I don't know. I'm not reporting any speculation, but I think there would be some teams interested in him. Now, Bill, I would say, look, yeah, you can say, hey, wait, we're in the same reservations. I feel like this. Did Sean Payton define his role in the visit? Because if he didn't define his role and just said, we're going to make you the bell cow, I have a problem with that. Now, if he told Adrian Peterson, hey, we're a community team. You maybe get 10 one week, 21 week, 15 this week. We're they're kind of for the game. He can't be upset. But do you think that it was Minnesota? He only got his carries, and he, he saw Dalvin Cook run all over the Saints' defense. He kind of made it worse for the guy, too. Yeah, I mean, in ESPN, I think it was Susie Goldberg reported that, hey, you know, they talked to Peyton before the game, and he said that, you know, one of these running backs is going to be mad at me. And, and again, they both denied it, but it looked like Adrian Peterson was the one that was mad at him. But, you know, hey, he if, if they are leading games – they're probably going to give him the ball a lot. If they're playing catch-up, they're probably going to go to the other guys and pass the ball and use receivers, running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield and spread it out, and that's not Peterson's forte. So it's just one game. Let's see if, if, if the Saints can lead some games. We'll see Peterson more, and you know maybe he can establish himself earlier. You know It's going to be an interesting game against the Patriots. But if this continues for a few weeks, we'll have to see what his um, – demeanor is 
Yeah, and he has that death stare he gave. <laughs> that death stare was not something I would want to get from, from that guy. Oh, he has a vice grip of a handshake. He has a death stare to go along with it. <laughs> right. right. Uh, folks, we got Bill Williamson here, a fan of sports here on the Boston Man Show and the Locked On Raiders podcast covering the Raiders for you on daily basis. Check him out there. Now, Bill, looking at the Indianapolis Colts, how bad is this quarterback situation? Because, my God, Bill's got awful. And will Chuck Pagano ultimately pay for the sins and mistakes of Grigson, Ursa, and now Ballard? And if you're the coach, if you're 0-4, 0-5, you think about should now look for the season that's letting him recuperate all year long and then take the L this year, get a high draft pick and rebuild to the draft and hope for the best in 2018? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's an interesting situation. I, I, yeah, I think if they are 0-5 without him. But, I mean, he he's a young man. He's a guy in his prime. I think you just try to compete and get as good as you can with him and not just, I mean, I wouldn't sit him if he's ready. Um, but it's, yeah, it's probably going to be a pretty ugly year for the Colts. And I would think that Chuck Pagano is probably not going to, it's not going to work out for him there. Uh, he's been there a while. Um, you know, you have Andrew Luck, a healthy Andrew Luck. That's very intriguing to coaches. So I, I think that the Colts would be one of the, you know, prime jobs out there available if if it gets to that point. A, a guy like Josh McDaniel, for example, may really be intrigued by working with Andrew Luck. So, Bill, I'm going to touch on the uh, Houston Texans real quick and the, the uh, quarterback situation there with Bill O'Brien um, doing what he does, benching QBs knowing that their offensive line was probably suspect coming in, should he have been preparing Watson as the starter all off season, you know, knowing what the line was and that that was probably going to be the, the route that he was going to have to go or, or what's going on with that whole scenario? Well, who knows? Maybe he thought that the veteran Savage is best equipped to deal with a, a poor line. You know, you don't want to send a, a rookie out there right away with a, a suspect line. So maybe that was the thinking, but yeah, I mean, this is the second time that check, uh, excuse me, that Bill O'Brien has pulled his quarterback in a season opener. Look at Watson's going to be the guy, you know, I, I think that they, they would like him to get, he's, you know, mentally, you know, better as far as reading defense. And that's natural. It's, he's only, you know, he's a rookie and that will come, but, I think they should just go for it with him, and I think it's the right call. He has a lot of ability, and, you know, that defense wasn't great the other night, but it does have ability, and, and the Texans are a quarterback away from being a legit contender, legit Super Bowl contender. You think Watson is the guy, let's go, let's go do it now. Why, why mess around? Because Savage is certainly not the answer. So I like the decision to get Watson in there. Now, Bill, speaking of O-lines, Seattle's line is porous and Russell Wilson running for his life still. How do you see that deficiency in their line? Affecting the ability to go deep in the playoffs, pitch goes to like Super Bowl, Super Bowl again, because I feel like you can't protect your quarterback. He's going to get hurt like he did last year, trying away, going to injure an ankle or a foot or something again. He's going to be kind of slowing down all year long. So why is Seattle not just that position? I know they pay the defensive guys a lot of money, but come on. You got to protect your guy. He is your your Flies. You don't protect them, but they won't do it each year. I don't go the cheap route with, with the line there. Yeah, I mean, excellent point. Uh, John Snyder, the GM there, is one of the best in the league, and he's had great success. Um, he's built a Super Bowl winner. 
but he had all off season to he knew that was his biggest problem last year and it didn't get better. I mean, Luke Jokel was their big pickup. Now they lost George Fant uh, in preseason that hurt. Um, and the, the truth is it's hard to get offensive linemen. There was a lot of bad offensive lines out there. Houston, um, Cincinnati, the giants, um, you know, teams like Minnesota and Carolina to their credit, they had bad lines last year and they fixed it. Um, the Broncos and the Chargers, both of those offensive lines didn't look good last year. So this is kind of a league-wide issue. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks have a Super Bowl contender. And this offensive line gets us in the way two consecutive years. That's a shame. I mean, we saw the video. of There were three Green Bay Packers about two feet away from Russell Wilson, and there was four Seattle Seahawks offensive linemen about three feet behind those Green Bay Packers. And that was just, I mean, this is a good quarterback and he has no chance. So I'm going to switch it over a little bit, Bill, and talk about these preseason games um, and and what the league can or or should do with them. Tony Dungy floated an idea going to two preseason games. I've often thought they should just expand the roster, make the preseason games part of the regular season. And that way you can kind of evaluate talent on the fly, so to speak. Uh, Where do you come out on this? Do you have any kind of, grand plan that might solve some of the issues that we see with preseason, not the least of which being the, all the injuries that you see, you know, that, that really are of no consequence because the games don't count. I think a lot of teams play their starters, especially their key starters, less and less this preseason. We didn't see guys, you know, that third preseason game is usually was traditionally, you know, teams starters to go almost three full quarters. A lot of teams didn't even go a full half. So I think teams are being very cautious. And, you know, the preseason is just a necessary evil. There's probably ways to fix it. But, hey, you know what? We're in the season. It's week two. So I'd rather talk about this stuff than, you know, August. I got you now, Bill. Uh, Looking uh, ahead to the the NFL, PA and NFL, going back at it again with Ezekiel Elliott. Do you feel like uh, with the judge saying that putting his decision here that, hey, the NFL is unfair, Jerry Lewis going to say it's unfair, will this trigger finally, you know, Roger Goodell being put on, on, on front of the, hey, we need to address this guy. Now, we gave you ultimate power. Yeah, we didn't give any say abuse the power. So, just, so what I'm saying is, do you feel like that this Ezekiel Elliott case will, will be a turning point in the NFL, PA, and NFL dealing with the, hey, Roger Goodell has been unfair, and yes, we gave you the power, but not to abuse your power to when you discipline with our players. Well, I mean, you know, in the spring of 2021, there's going to be a big fight between the CB, between the NFLPA and the NFL, and I'm sure Roger Goodell's power will be part of it, and they're going to fight about a lot of things. And, you know, I, I think that we may see a work stoppage in, you know, a, a, another long one in, in four years. And yeah, it's uh, it's an issue on both sides certainly, and the Zico Elliott thing is a mess, and it's dragging out. And you know, I don't think fans will, you know, it's just a bummer. It's just it's just another negative sidelight to the NFL. It it takes us a long time to get to Sundays and enjoy the action because there's so many other things with this league that's so uh, disheartening. Yes, 
Yes, indeed. Well, Bill, I'll tell you what. What has not been this hard is having you on the show. We, we love your work here, Bill. We definitely want to get you on the show finally. And I'll tell you what, man, look forward to doing it again with you real soon. We can definitely catch your work at Fan Rag Sports and on Lockdown Radio's podcast because I know you do a good job. We love, we love what you do, man. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. You too. Folks, it's Bill Whipson on the boss, man. So come on, this is Eric at home after the break. all your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. 
Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. JR the Boss Man Show. Have a great show for you today so far. Michael Turner, formerly of the Falcons and the Chargers, here on the Boss Man Show. Bill Williamson of Fan Rag Sports. Now we turn to a good friend of the show, Eric at home of Pro Football Weekly and Fan Rag Sports. We're talking to the NFL with us. Eric, how's life in Chicago, man? Good, man. It's good hearing your voice. Yeah, everything's all right. We're, uh, you know, it's funny. Bears fans up here. Uh, I know you got ties to Atlanta, and they're, they're, they're feeling a little weird. They're like, you know, we lost. But we played pretty well. But, you know, I think the Falcons are probably in that same kind of fog right now, too. Like, well, we won, but, you know, so kind of a weird week one and definitely a weird game at Soldier Field. Well, we had on Hub and Arthur last week, and they talked about the Bears coming out, competing hard. They did do that. And quite frankly, which I thought the Falcons were going to lose in the last drive. I thought the, the scars of mm-hmm. last year would come open up again. They would lose in the end to Mike Lennon and, and, and those Cohen and Howard and those boys. So I was – I thought it was, but it was Brooks Reed and he got the pass rush and it was on fourth down. It was over. But for us, the Bears' perspective, don't you love how they competed hard and gave the Falcons run for their money? Those first week season probably still jitters here and there, a little rust. But the Bears showed they can compete. They'll be playing hard for Coach Fox. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously in a in a flashpoint season, right? I mean, he's nine and twenty three. There's there's a sense that maybe he and the front office are two separate entities. You know, one one could get fired and the other could stay. And right now, there's a little stronger sentiment for GM Ryan Pace because, you know, I mean, Mike Lennon had a big fourth quarter. I mean, Mitch Trubisky was the hero of the preseason. Things are looking good. Cohen was, you know, from North Carolina A and T, not too far from you guys, and. And, you know, what a great find that was. I mean, he could be one of the great steals of this class if he keeps this up. So, I, I, you know, Fox needed these guys to come out and play hard. And I think for the players, they were just so tired of being bad at home, terrible home record the last three, four years, and just being a bad football team last year especially, 3-13, and 13, you know, 0-8 on the road too. And a lot of lack of respect for this team around here with other teams playing pretty well. Now, Eric, what will it take, in your opinions, for Coach Fox to keep his job for his wins? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, sometimes one plus one doesn't equal two. You know what I mean? Like, I could see them going 0-4 to start the season because their schedule's brutal. I mean, after the loss week one, this week they got to go to Tampa, who's had the extra week of rest. You know, they have, there's no tape on. The Bears are just guessing what they're going to be like. Um, I could see Tampa winning that one. I could see the Steelers winning at Soldier Field week three. I could see the Packers in a short week up at Lambeau beating the Bears, and they could be a competitive 0-4. If they finish the season 6-6, well, the record doesn't look that good, right? You're 6-10, but I wouldn't be shocked if they play well and lose close ones and, and, you know, if they're right there, I could see him coming back with a six and ten record. That would be the absolute minimum, though. I think probably more like seven and nine, eight and eight is, is sort of what 
I think people would have to see it to really feel good about it. So six and ten can can look pretty bad when you start out six and two and drop your last state. So I, that's my that's my one plus one doesn't equal two kind of metaphor right there. So Eric, I want to get into this uh, Packers Falcons matchup a little bit, and uh, the Packers, you know, showed some flaws week one. Falcons showed some flaws week one. Do you think both these teams kind of button up uh, what they need to button up? during the uh, the week and as they hit the field and face each other, what do you expect to see out of both these squads? And, I, and I'm slightly laughing here because I, I did a show uh, yesterday and I was talking about one of the games and I said, I said virtually the same thing about two separate teams. I said, eh, they kind of have some stuff I got to work on. And I thought to myself, the only teams that don't have anything to work on are the Rams and Jaguars. You know, they, those are the two teams that are five, right? <laughs> which is crazy to say, right? Uh, but yeah, I was up in Lambeau and I, and I watched this, this hard fought game and it was ugly. And there were, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't a, the Packers greatest offensive performance, but they stuck with it and they grounded out and against probably the best defense in the NFL. So they had that going for them and the defense played very, very well. They got constant pressure against Russell Wilson. Different kind of matchup against uh, Matt Ryan. Home opening of the new state. You know, the Falcons team has, has kind of stirred that area. And, and I think they like, look, they, the, the 28-3 jokes and, and everything the team did for last season, that crowd's going to be pretty raucous. And I think the Falcons are going to be glad to come home and they want to improve on what they did week one. Because like you said, it was an incomplete performance. So I think Atlanta wins this game. But I also don't think they're going to have the same – you know, those, those early failed drives the Packers had in the NFC Championship game, they might finish those drives. So the Falcons have to be just a little bit sharper offensively, I think. So to, to drill down a little bit further with the Falcons, uh, after week one, what are your feelings about the Falcons, all three phases, and, and you kind of see them as a team to beat in the NFC South? I mean, I know it's only week one. Obviously, we have to base this right. on what we've seen in the past, but um, is, there, is there anyone else in the NFC South that's going to give them a serious run for their money this season? Hard to know with the Bucs, right, because they haven't played yet. So, obviously, we're, we're a week behind with them. Um, I like their talent. I do think they're an ascending team. They've got to do without that Martin for a few weeks. And, you know, I still want to see this secondary prove it. I know last year was, was bad and the preseason looked pretty good. But so I'll kind of put them to the side a little bit. I think they're going to be a good team. I think it really does come down to Carolina and, and Atlanta. And, you know, Carolina's defense was great in week one. Um, they'll have stiffer tests than what they saw Sunday. Um, Atlanta, man, I know they, they gave up some yards, but they were flying around and hitting people. You know, they have the big bodies up front now. They have some depth. Trufant is back. Derek Shelby is back. Some of these second and third year guys are now third and fourth year guys. Some exciting new blood there with Duke Riley and Tack McKinley. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like this defense is going to be pretty good in time. They, they're already way ahead of where they were a year ago when the Bucks shredded them week one. You know, I, I feel like if the defense makes the same incremental improvements over the course of this season that they did last season, they're going to be just fine. So I like their chances a lot. Um, you know, Cam Newton's going to get better too, but I still think the Falcons have a great chance to win this division. Eric, on a personal note, Eric, they should resign my buddy Dwight Freeney. He got some gas left in the tank. I know he does. I've seen him working out. He's my buddy. They should resign him. They just that one guy, the spin move Dude. on the over on the third down, second oh. quarterback. I mean, you saw the Super Bowl, right? I mean, he was he was eating Nate Solder's lunch. I mean, he was out there, you know, handing it to a guy who's about seven inches taller than him. You know, I mean, about fifty-five pounds heavier than him. I, I was I was shocked at how well he played on a snap-to-snap basis in that game. And and I thought someone would want that that veteran pass rusher. And maybe you know, 
maybe it's a week one thing where they don't want to give them a guarantee contract and they want to kind of, you know, maybe wait a little bit and bring them in at some point. I, I think seeing the coming of the Lions against Arizona and Vikings performing, Ed Jerson's coming in and carving up the stuff. Johnson was a big deal. Humphrey Humphrey's a big deal. Carson Palmer was bad. And the Lions played well. I mean, they were opportunistic and, and Stafford led them back, but they surprised me. I feel like that. I, I, I'm not 100% convinced yet. Uh, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't believe it when he sees it, but I feel like I, I want to see it again uh, against a few more teams before I fully buy in. But they've got that knack, that fourth quarter knack last year, and they did it against so I, You know, I think the Vikings have a great chance to do Sam Bradford plays anywhere close to the level he was at, and that line blocks the way it did uh, against the Saints. What a, what a huge improvement that would be over last year. I mean, Bradford was running for his life. He was checking down to little, you know, three and four and six yard passes and the offense is just so limited. Dalvin Cook now, Stephon Diggs looks like a young Antonio Brown. He was awesome last night. You know, Adam Thielen's a great possession receiver opposite him. I just feel like the pieces are there, plus that defense uh, for the Vikings is pretty darn good this year. Eric. Previously uh, on the show today, we've touched on a couple different offensive line issues around the league. Uh, Houston, Seattle. I uh, want to talk a little bit about the Packers' offensive lines in week one. Rodgers took some pretty good hits. Was limping in the game. Do you think that line will will gel enough to protect him and ensure um, that he's on the league playoff run? Yeah, they're going to they're going to get uh, Brian Balaga back, which is the good news. I mean, that's that's something that Seattle can't say. Seattle doesn't have that starter coming back from injury. You know, the Houston Texans have Dwayne Brown holding out. They've at least got some hope that things will get better. Packers, same way, Balaga's hurt. Kyle Murphy actually didn't play terribly in that first game. He was right tackle. He gave up an early sack. But, um, you know, it looked pretty good in the run game. The, the Packers' problem is depth. If they lose anybody to injury for any length of time, they're really going to be stretched thin. I mean, the second-team offensive line, I just happened to see some, some Brett Hundley tape the other day and watching him run for his life in the preseason – and it was all the guys that make up the number two team in the Packers for the offensive line. It's not a good group. So if they're starting five stays healthy, I think they're okay. Jerry Evans had kind of a rough first game. He had a couple holds and, you know, wasn't used to Rodgers extending plays because Drew Brees gets rid of it like in a, in a flash. You know, you can look really good at Drew Brees' offense because he makes them look good a lot. But with Rodgers, I think Jari's got to get kind of the timing down, know when he's in a scramble mode, know when he's just extending to play, so I think that group will get better, and Balaga coming back will be a big deal. Now, Eric, uh, one thing Hub talked to us last week about was the one-two punch of uh, the Bears' backfield of uh, Jordan Howard and Terry Cohen. Losing Kevin White again to a season in, mm-hmm. in, in the injury, how will that role expand uh, with the offense to kind of keep Mike Glennon and eventually Mitch Trish, Trubisky playing well, keeping the chains moving without those receivers on the outside to get them uh, the spark they need out there as, as weapons? Yeah, it, it's a great question. I mean, right – and it's so it's so scary, too, because, I mean, you have Kendall Wright, who obviously had a big season, like, what, three, four years ago, um, and, you know, really hasn't been the same player since. He looked pretty good in the preseason. So, in in theory, Kendall Wright could be a number one. But, I mean, you look at some of the other guys that they have, and they're number four and five receivers on most teams. That's the quality we're talking about. You know, they just brought up a kid uh, from the practice squad, Tanner Gentry, who looked great in the preseason. But we have no idea. He was an undrafted rookie out of Wyoming. You know what I mean? So he all of a sudden could get snaps on Sunday. I mean, 
I think they're going to have to use multiple tight end sets. I think they're going to have to use both Cohen and Howard on the field at the same time. You know, flex Cohen out into the slot, put him in motion, do something to them that's, you know, where, where he and Howard can be on the field at the same time. But then again, you're taking your two probably your two best players right now, your two best offensive playmakers, uh, and stretch them a little bit and have them work a little harder and, and get more reps. Howard left that game early. He had a, uh, not left it early, but he left it banged up. Didn't talk to media afterwards. And a tailbone was, you know, possible concussion attested for. So, you know, there's a little bit of worry there now. So, yeah, they're super shorthanded. And Mike Lennon is, is – the guy you can only do so much so without without a full deck of playmakers you're kind of asking to do things he probably shouldn't be asked to be to do eric this one's probably a little bit off topic uh we haven't really touched on the browns at all during this conversation but i wanted to get your take on the performance of uh kaiser and their overall performance in week one against uh, a better pittsburgh team all the way around uh, they seem to play fairly well in that game estimation how encouraged would you be uh, from a uh, Browns fan perspective after seeing what they put on the field? Yeah, it was like Rocky two out there. You know, I mean, he's taking these hits left and right, and you just kept thinking, like, all right, well, it'll, it'll, he'll, he'll bow down at some point. But he kept coming. I mean, he's a fighter. Now he's a young kid. Obviously, he's only 21 years old, and you know, he's maybe got a little more spring in his step than than some quarterbacks who've been Clevelandized, you know, and beat up and all that. But you know, to take seven sacks and be as competitive as he was and make some plays, I'm I'm in for now. I want to see what he can do. You know, and there was there was a divided opinion about him coming out of Notre Dame. He took a step back his final year, and you know, there was some some tension with the coaching staff there. And so, how would he work in Cleveland, in a place where you know there's always tension, there's always something going wrong? Well, he's handled it pretty well so far. So. Um, you know, they, they would not be put away by the Steelers. So that was a good first sign. You know, I'll, I'll be curious to see where the team ends up. I could see them being a plucky little team this year. Hugh Jackson's going to roll the dice every chance he gets. And they just don't have enough receivers. I mean, I just – that's the one thing I'm worried about, especially Kenny Britt now in the doghouse. Corey Coleman has to be their number one. You know, it's just I feel like they still need – they need – Josh, Josh Gordon, you know, and they don't have him. He's suspended. So that's that's really what they're lacking right now. Now, Eric, let's go to the Cowboys real quick uh, here. Uh, was the Cowboys D that good or the Giants offense that bad? Man, I'll tell you what. That Giants, that Giants offensive line did not look good to me. I still haven't watched the full game yet. I only saw – I saw most of the first half. Uh, I got through most of the first half today. You know, Eric Flowers and, and I mean, just to a man, they did not play well. And the, the lack of a consistent run game is going to hurt them this year, too. Obviously, not having Beckham out there changes the game plan entirely. You know, you don't have to, there's no other receiver they're really worried about that much to that level. So that changes things completely. The Giants will get better, but until, and this, this issue has been brewing for some time now. I mean, they had problems last year. They had problems in the preseason. Everybody kind of saw this coming, and so it's not a shock at this point. And that's – I mean, you could really say that about maybe a dozen teams. Do they do they have the offensive line to win? I mean, do they have, do they have a group that can get them to a Super Bowl? I almost feel like that's going to be one of the prevailing stories of the season, the lack of quality blocking talent and cohesion up front. And the Giants are just one of those the contenders that also suffer from that. And final one for you, Eric, is this. Scandrick has surgery on a fracture in his hand today. 
can the Cowboys secondary survive without Scandrick back there? They're already thin as is with draft picks being injured. Yeah. And so can the Cowboys defense, especially back in, can they survive without Scandrick? Well, that means more Zeke Elliott running the football to kill the clock and make the game shorter because to protect the defense on the back end, especially that's very thin already. Yeah, that I mean that would be nice, you know, where where you get where they can can bleed the clock and and they can play from ahead and and, and kind of get you know get into situations that are more favorable from them and yeah, I mean that's that's how they won games last year. You know, they 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 won a lot of close games, but they played from ahead a lot. You know, and that was that was sort of a key. And Kendrick has had some injuries over the years. You know, he's had the knee, he's had other things. Yeah, I, think, I believe he had a suspension the first four games one one season there, so. They've played without him before. That's the good news. Um, the the bad news is that I don't know if the kids are ready to step in in, in at that full time kind of role. Skandrick was so good in the slot too, I and mean, that was where he sort of made his money and made his mark. So you know, I'm thinking about a woozy from Colorado, talented kid, can do a lot of different stuff. Good blitzer, played every position in the in the backfield there. He could probably help out as well. Jordan Lewis from Michigan, you know, has been out of the lineup and banged up and it's taken a little while for him to get going. You got to have some patience though. Too. I mean, because the young guy, you don't just drop him in there. I mean, that's a really tough out for them. So we'll see that, that, that pass rush gets home. It's less of a worry, but right now, yeah, that's concerned. Yes, indeed. Well, Eric, I thank you for giving your time to that. Get on the show with John and myself. You agree as usual. Can't wait to do it with you down the road, man. And let's football weekly. One of my favorite things to read. So we're going to read you every day because we love football weekly. We love all things yourself. You all do a great job. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys uh, down the road. Thank you. All right, folks. Eric at home here on the Boss Man Show. your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. 
the debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to get two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Chargers. We had Bill Williamson of Fan Rag Sports and keeping our theme for Football Weekly, Eric Edholm on the Boss Man Show. John, I had a great show for you. What you are, you, John? You highlighted today's show so far. Are you ready for the Boss Report, my man? Dude, today's show was great, man. Like, week one of the NFL is in the books. Um, leading into week two, we we had great guests on. Uh, Turner was great, man. I love Mike Turner. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, got a lot of inside scoop from, uh, you know, Bill Williamson and uh, Eric. And we're, we're working into week two with a lot of knowledge. So that's a good thing. Now we're getting into the boss report. Um, you know, don't need a lot of knowledge for the boss report other than <laughs> maybe, you know, have a few under your belt to know what it's all about. But, you know, um, great show up to this point, And I suspect that we're going to have a great boss report, too. Yes, indeed. Well, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's the boss report. All right, John, first story. Naked Wisconsin woman arrested after being found hiding in the bed of a pickup truck watching some adult activity says, quote, I'm looking for the stars. I'm trying to, trying to, trying to buy the moon at the same time. What? She Was she participating in the activity in the back of the truck, or she was watching it? Just watching it on my Samsung Galaxy 8. 
Uh, I love how they always tell you what kind of like device they're on. <laughs> they, they don't just say like their mobile device. They like specifically call out, you know, exactly. what 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 type of activity is going down on each model. Oh, I love it. I guess, man. You know, it's it's not cold up there yet. You know, you want to get naked in the back of a truck and watch some, you know, porn on, on your phone. Knock yourself out. Well, who's she hurting, right? Who's she hurting? I would have said, listen, I mean, I, I got I to gotta tell you, bro, this, I think, is the first time we've had naked Wisconsin woman on, on air, correct? Yes. I mean, that, you know, I don't even know what that looks like. I, in my head right now, it looks pretty good, but, you know, <laughs> that's just me. Exactly. Get this. California mom says it's too hot in squad car after risk for leaving child in a hot car or she wants to go to get piped and in and out burger. <laughs> okay, well, the first part of the story is not that great. You know, that's terribly dangerous leaving your kids in the car when it's hot outside. The second part is she went to in and out. Okay, think about it, JR. In and out burger. You know, yes. that's, that's where she was hooking up at. In and exactly. out. Exactly. Like, and I bet that was what's going down behind it. In and out. Right? In and out. In like, and I out. mean, could you, like, you know, like, it wasn't Burger King. It wasn't McDonald's. She wasn't at Sonic. She w- she went to hook up at the In and Out Burger. Like, you can't even make that stuff up, right? What a perfect story for that situation. We're going to have to break out the, the foundation again, the, the Kids in Hot Cars Foundation. Like, you know. <laughs> can't be doing that man like you know the kid the, uh, i i get it like you want to hook up right i get it it's natural you want you want to hook up but leave your kids with the neighbor or you know with a, a relative or something something do something at the very least if you leave them in the car you know put the windows down or, or, or ac on or something i don't know what, i mean i don't know what to tell you at that point but it's terrible terrible decision making exactly New York man is arrested after stealing get this over $250,000 in stamp collection because New York woman was mean to him and refused to top him off in the manner he wished. Well, I mean, $250,000 stamp collection, you know, that seems legitimate to me. Like, you know, you, you didn't get topped off properly. You are an aggrieved party. Um, you want some compensation, and, and that's what you deemed uh, to be to be equitable in that situation, right? Yes, indeed. Now, the the other uh, part of the story that I never understood this, Jr. Like stamps, like how, how in the hell are stamps such a valuable commodity? I get the whole time thing, I get the rarity thing, I understand that whole aspect of it. Who started this, Who started stamps? Who started collecting stamps and then making them? Like created the market for that. That didn't it, it, like loser. somebody had to do this. Like it wasn't a like loser. you know. I don't let somebody use the stamp. But I mean, who who was the first dude that told another dude, "Hey, look at I got these cool old stamps," and the and the other dude was like, "Oh yeah, let me give you some money for those." And that's how it started. Like, I, I why they're stamps, bro? Like who cares? I don't get it. Like say I don't, I don't get coin collections. I don't get coin. The only thing I get about coins is if there is some like intrinsic value in the coin. Like if it's if it's a legit gold coin, it's got some you know va- legitimate value to it, or a silver coin. Like that, at least I understand as a commodity. But it's a stamp, bro. Stamp, like for real. I mean, I agree with you on the coins. Like who's got? I, I don't know. Just l- listen. You do what you do. Who studies the value of coins and stamps? 
how do you get to that point that you actually take time out of your day to study the value of coins and stamps? Actually, go to stamp trades and go to coin trades and trade shows of stamps. Well, I, what? Yeah, like I don't, I'm not even like you know um, passing judgment on the the hobby itself or the activity, but I, I just don't understand. How do you get into it? Like, how do you get into stamp collecting, coin collecting? Hell, there's people that like collect like butterflies and stuff you know and like put them in scrap like like what like how do you get into that never in my life have i been in a situation where i've been like you know what today's the day i finally got time to start that stamp collection i've been looking after don't ask click with lightning bugs and june bugs back and forth yeah oh dude lightning bugs yeah you get them in a jar Right, they light up. They light up. Or tie a June bug leg to 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 don't let them fly fly with the fan blowing. Yeah, that was always funny too. Right, or like okay, I guess maybe from a sports perspective, people might say the same thing about like you know baseball cards and then you know sports cards and things like that. I used to collect baseball cards. I got still have you know unbroken box sets of baseball cards. I guess that might be the same thing, right? Yes, buying those tops cards from Kmart. My dad used to buy them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We used to go out to the flea market and like pick up you know unopened boxes of specific years and those types of things so yeah i guess maybe from that perspective i i understand it somewhat but but not not really (laughs) but yeah but not really hell we're freeze over when jc smith is not collecting stamps that's what we all freeze over we know we gotta do we we gotta talk him into it somehow we gotta like like tell him like we gotta tell get him like you and i both double team him like we'll pretend that we do it and that it's really cool, you know, and then like we, and then we somehow get him to start doing it, and then when he really does start doing it, we'll put him on blast and make fun of him about it. Clowning yeah. boy, on the spot. right, right, right. <laughs> oh man, here we go. Grumpy old Mexico man is arrested after unplugging the bounce house at his grandson's birthday party and causing nine injuries to children. He just like got, he just had enough of it and unplugged it. Yeah. Yes. Listen, dude, don't mess with grandpa. When grandpa when grandpa's sick of your sick of your BS, you know, and you're bouncing around and he's had enough, that that <laughs> he will turn that thing off. He don't he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't know the ramifications of turning off a bouncy house. Hell, he probably doesn't know what a bouncy house is, and he does not care. He's sick of it. Turn it off. It, that, that's funny, man. Like I hey, I guess so, man. You, you gotta watch out though. As you get older, like you you your patience level starts to wear thinner. And thinner, and thinner, and, and thinner, thinner, right? And thinner, so, yes. like, you, that you got to watch out for that. As you get older, you have to be aware that you know you got to have, you have to try to have patience with situations because you know you you can turn into that grumpy old man. Yes, and do we have oh Ohio? Ohio man is arrested after repeatedly calling nine one one, asking the cops to harass him so he can sue them for money. <laughs> So he kept calling the cops so they would come to the house. Then he would claim that they were harassing him to try to then sue the police department for that harassment. Yes. I mean, it, it sounds like a good plan in theory until they bust out the phone records and like say, hey, dude, you were the one that called us. Like it's, it's pretty it's pretty thin when you get to court. But on its face, it seems like a good idea, I guess. I don't know, man. There's got to be better get rich quick schemes. And I will tell you this, dude. You be careful calling the cops to your house one too many times. They get sick of your, you know, BS just like old grandpa did with the bouncy house. They'll, they'll unplug yes. you, bro. As a black man, I don't call the police for nothing. I don't call for nothing as a black Listen, man. Okay. Black, white, anything, bro. <laughs> I mean, 
I'll, I'll start handling it on my own before I was. I have had plenty of experience with with law enforcement in my day, JR, and I will tell you this right now: black, black or white, doesn't matter. I ain't calling the cops on myself. Okay, that, that is not an interaction that you want to have. Negative. Woo wee! We got this Delaware man arrested after kicking coworker in the neck. I be forgetting to order him some fries and a chocolate Sunday from McDonald's for Dude, lunch. Dude, I couldn't. Honestly, I will tell you this right now. I I cannot kick anyone in the neck unless they're like a five year old. That that's about as high as my limbs to a neck. Like I can't. I'm not, I'm not flexible enough to kick anyone in the neck. Okay, certainly not JC. If I ever got to like trying to kick JC in the neck, I would have to like get up on a yes, ladder boy, you know, to do that but um do you ever okay so he got fries and a shake right or he wanted fries and a shake and didn't get them yes he didn't get it do you ever it. dip your french fries in your milkshake dude it, it is surprisingly good it's like it's like a warm french fry and then you get like the salty sweet you know because of the ice cream and the, and the saltiness of the french fry it is a weird combination but it's not too bad Every once in a while, I, I yeah, just try, you know man. try it out one time. I'm not saying you got to eat the whole box of fries like that, but just you know, like you got a milkshake and maybe you just dip one or two in there, try it out. It's not too bad. Now, if that's what the guy had intended to do with his French fry milkshake combo that he did not receive, uh, listen, man, you know you got to do what you got to do, handle your business. You kick somebody in the neck, I guarantee you, next time you put an order in with that dude, it's coming to you. You know the caveat was he ripped, he ripped his pants. Well. <laughs> Maybe then you shouldn't be eating french fries and milkshakes. Maybe you got mixed in a salad, bro, if that's what's going down. So, you know, maybe you did your favor. Exactly. Arizona radio station is in hot water, John, after green light and commercial and tell listeners how to hire child porn on computers. <laughs> Like the commercial was an ad for some type of device that hides child porn? Yes. Oh, oh my yes. God, I don't know, man. People are so freaking – and you know like – okay, you know this. There's there's a whole you know dark place out there on the internet where you can do and find anything nasty, illegal, perverted, anything. You can find it out there. And I, I don't know. It's just like – who was the sales manager or the sales, S-A-I-L-S manager, of that station? Was it somebody that I used to know that greenlit that commercial to make it to the air? They were asleep at the wheel on that one, or they really needed that, you know, they really needed that check, right? Like, rent's due tomorrow. We need to get this money in. Yeah, but it's for a child porn hiding device. I don't care. We got bills to pay. Oh, okay. Put it on right. there, please. That's, that's, there's only two ways I can go. You know, asleep at the wheel or we need the money. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Man, Michigan woman's outrage over getting a ticket over, get this, a dirty license plate. Like, her license plate was too dirty for them to read? You see, that's yes. the type of stuff that's stupid. Like, okay. I get it. Like, maybe your thing's covered in dirt and they can't read your license plate. Okay, I get it. Pull the person over. Tell, tell them let them know, hey, I can't see your license plate. It's against the law. It needs to be displayed. Do you have anything in the car that you can wipe it off with? Yes, I have a napkin right here. Okay, wipe it off and move on about your day. That's the type of crap that irritates people about law enforcement. I get that you're out there to... Um, you know, make the roadways safer. You're out there for public safety. 
but you're not out there to just randomly ticket people to generate revenue for the municipality that you're operating in. Like, if the woman keeps driving around town with the dirty license plate and you've seen her five times, yeah, write her the ticket. But the first time you see it, hey, public service, this is what's going on. Can we get it taken care of right now? Yes. Okay. No problem. Move on about your business. That's how that should go. But I, I don't, I don't know, man. It just it seems like I've had that happen to me where they pull me over because you know those little bulbs that illuminate your license plate. Yes, they won't let it. Well, there's out. two of them on this car I was driving, and one of them was out. Okay. So the dude pulled me over to tell me that one of the bulbs was out. He wrote me a ticket, told me I had to replace it go to the police station the next day after it was fixed so that they could see that it was fixed <clears throat> and sign off on it that i had to, i had to do that like really why like <laughs> it's not enough just to tell me it's out yes. and it wasn't even both of them this is one of them dude it happened to me in clarksville see what's what's in clarksville john what school is in clarksville that i hate <laughs> well, well, Rod Reed hates every school that's not GSU. So that doesn't really work. I mean, Rod, what, what, let's just put what doesn't Coach Reed hate? Okay, other than TSU football, what, and even then, sometimes like what, what, what doesn't he? Hate? I know he hates us. Exactly. Like, yeah, what does? That's, that's, that's a good game. What does Rod Reed actually like? That's gonna be one. Of, we'll do like a uh, maybe a once a quarter segment with Coach Reed, and we'll play a game with him. Like the first one will be, "What does Coach Reed like?" And we'll just throw things out there and let him say, "No, I don't like that," and tell us why. Or, "Yes, I do like that," and tell us why. That would be a good game to play. Yes, because Lord knows we about to get the like have to get the dump button ready for that one though. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, ain't no filter on that. Exactly. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. 
the debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.